Welcome to In the Field Radio, 91.3 FM, WVKR, Poughkeepsie Independent Radio. I'm Erin Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? I tried to get through that intro as smooth as possible. Well, I didn't even know where we were, so that wasn't really an <laughs> intro because <laughs> I definitely didn't even start out with like, welcome to In the Field Radio. I started out with like, uh, what's happening? That's because your background is Disney. So that's where And I are. feel like I'm there. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I would like to go back. You keep trying to take me there. Well, so listen, like I figured out how to get the premium resorts at a discounted price. So now I'm like, let's go be rich for the week. <gasps> so if you bring more people, we'll get better. Well, no, but like the room that I want to rent. So it, people, there's like a, um, a Disney timeshare. It's called the Disney Vacation Club. But the people rent out their points. And so like especially now right now with the covid's happening like people's not really traveling so mm. the disney vacation club members are trying to rent out their points so you can get like the top tier resorts um for a lot less than what you would pay sticker price so the room that i want to rent is in the grand floridian and it's uh it's it sleeps like five people what yeah so like instead of paying like six grand for the week you pay like three grand for the week and then you just be living it up and it's on the monorail so you could take the monorail to different places and stuff so like i want to just do that like i've always wanted to stay at that particular resort since i was a kid so i want to do it like i want to just be like okay this is my like you know once in a lifetime vacation like i want to ball out and stay in the nice resort and the the best way to do that is to do it through the disney vacation rental that sounds fun yeah yeah so that's where i'm at with it i'm ready to go back all right we'll tell you how disney is i don't remember disney Uh, i mean i last time i was there i was a kid so before this the last time i was there was 2016 so i wasn't there like any kind of recent either (laughs) yeah and i feel like that's something i always wanted to do as i was older just to be in charge of where we go and what we see (laughs) so that's what i liked most about this time was that like right now they don't have fast passes like most of the dining is closed so there's not you know like when like i hate going on a disney vacation and you're with somebody that plan out the whole trip so like you know before you're going like where you're about to eat like what time you're going on the rides like so you're rushing to get to where you need to be at whatever time you need to be and like none of that exists right now so it's just kind of like line for that is long we're not going on it like line for this is short so we're gonna check it out you know like it was like real relaxing and it it was kind of just like you could take it at your own pace. It wasn't like the push to like, Oh my God, I got to get across the park at one o'clock to go ride this ride. And I, and I didn't miss none of that. And you know what? It's crazy. A lot of people like that's like the feedback is that they hope it stays like that. Mm -mm -mm. I feel that way about, um, deplaning. Yes, it, used to it makes so tick much me sense. off. Yeah, it used to tick me off when you're trying to get your stuff and people from the back are going past you. You can't ever yes. get it and you're stuck. And like now that it's mandatory that you let the row in front of you get up, I'm like, yes, thank you, God. The other thing that they do is they board from the back first instead of boarding from the front first. So you're not like whacking people in first class in the shoulder with your luggage while you're getting on the plane. Right. It's just like, you know, we're loading it five rows at a time, starting from the back to the front. And then when you get off, you unload from the front to the back. Like, it just makes so much more sense. It is very unfortunate that it took 
<laughs> thousands and thousands of deaths for <laughs> for it to, to make change. Sense. Yeah, we got to do better. For real, there's like a couple other things I think that have been implemented since COVID started. Where I was like, where was this before? Yeah, or like take out alcohol, like how you could go. Like my favorite restaurant has the best sangria, right? So like I don't want to go to the liquor store and buy a handle of sangria. It's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. now that COVID is here, like I can go buy 32 ounces of the sangria that I enjoy for $10. Like I want to be able to do that when it's not COVID. Right. Yeah. I hope certain things stay. Definitely. And what I don't hope stays. I mean, I mask, they kind of became cute fashion accessories a little bit. Listen, I got my little Disney gingerbread people one. See? But there's just some times where I just never thought to be wearing a mask. One, me in the car by myself. Oh, yeah, never. Going through the drive-thru. No. I just never felt like I was that close to them. or they. And also, they have a mask on. So yeah. if I trust them to be having their hands all over my food and the bag and the cup and the everything else, what difference is it going to make if I'm wearing a mask in a car? It doesn't. I don't know. I And I was like canceled on Facebook. They're like, it's a sign of respect. If it's a sign of respect, then it's not necessary. In the car. I'm outside and all that. In the restaurant, yes. But <laughs> in the car. In yeah, the- I can honestly say to you that I have never worn a mask through the drive-thru. Because I don't wear one in my car. Because I see people, I'm like, yo, you're by yourself in the car and you're masked up for what? Like, who are you afraid of getting <laughs> COVID from? You? Like, I don't get Tell it. yourself, yes. Like, take that time to breathe in some oxygen and feel good about life. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm sorry. Correct us if we're wrong. Hate us. I mean, I I, I guess I'll t- keep it in mind. Uh, but I don't have to. But I might. Be, if it makes you yeah. feel better that I wear one, fine. I'm not going to do it. So, even if it makes me feel better, <laughs> then that's a you thing. <laughs> like, uh, I'm pretty, like, compliant when it comes to this. Like, I don't even really leave my house. But there's just, like, a like a few things that I'm just not going to change my ways on. And in the car is one of them. That's my safe space. So don't be leaning out of your drive through window into my car. Right. Like, just the arm comes out. I don't even know what the mask is protecting. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Speaking of getting canceled, how about Danny Lay? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of feel like nobody would be upset if they didn't know the context behind the song, I think. You know what? Like, so I didn't even... Like, I saw that she had got canceled because I always check on Twitter to see who's getting canceled. And I just, like, couldn't even give it attention. Yeah. Because I don't even know the backstory. Like, there, baby's baby mama, who's her boyfriend now, baby. Uh, I guess his baby mama is, is, like, a chocolatey color. And Danny Lay is Dominican. And I, I don't know if they're beefing right now. I guess it seems to be that they are. And then this song comes out and everyone thinks it's directed at this woman because she said, and then I saw is what he wants. So that, but I then think they were saying why. that and people were mad too, because she's by, by using the term yellow bone, she's like claiming Afro Latina, but they said there's no Afro in her Latina. And that's where people got upset. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. Cause I thought, I thought the term for light skin, like black female was red bone anyway. Yeah. Like, I was like, who even says yellow bone at all? 
Yeah, that was new for me too. <laughs> and for once, I didn't. I like didn't actually take the time to like Google it to like see if it was a legitimate term or or like if she was using it correctly because I was like, this just seems like inappropriate and like it, it's one of those things where like when you were doing this, you thought it was okay. Like I don't understand. Yeah. But, you know, she feels like she was just talking about her own complexion and that there's songs that mention brown skin girls all the time. And There's literally a song called Redbone. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, that's so like, I... Like I said, if it was directed <laughs> at this girl, if she really wrote it, if she know in her heart that she wrote it, you know, directed at his baby mama that's one thing and she gotta live with that but if she then i also see- feel like if you wrote a whole song about your famous boyfriend's baby mama like while you're also an artist and like you're giving that too much attention and it means there's some things in your private life that you need to work out in private and not make a song about <laughs> it yeah <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's get into some of this music and then we'll get right into our interview with lovely ocean Okay, welcome back to In The Field Radio. I'm Erin Boogie. I'm here with Miss Lady D. Hey, what's going on? And we got Lovely Ocean in the building. Hey. Coming from all the way across the country. California represent. California. What's the temperature right now? It says it's 68. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Yeah, if you could send a little bit of that here, we'd be fine with that. What's it like out there? 31 degrees right now. It's 31? Yeah, it feels like it's freezing. I was outside (laughs) like, what is going on? (laughs) Let me see what it feels like. It feels like 27. Oh, okay. Just a cool 27. I see. Okay. (laughs) Don't even need a jacket. My heart goes out to (laughs) y'all. Thank Thank you. you. We need it. All right. So let's jump into it. So for those that might not be familiar, who is Lovely Ocean? Lovely Ocean. Well, I'm a rapper musician, songwriter, artist, person <laughs> just trying to survive. <laughs> and so you're you're from LA? Um so originally I'm from Monrovia, California, okay. which is like a little suburban town. Um nobody really knows where it is. So I just say it's Can I just say I'm going to interrupt for one second because this is so relevant. So the only reason I've heard of that is because I was just watching the Night Stalker documentary and they talked about Monrovia. Yes. Yes. Most terrifying documentary I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was, I was like, okay, I've, I like to watch a lot of true crime, but that one, (laughs) it hit different. Um, now I want to watch it, but no, I was scared. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I, I'm a grown a woman, and I was terrified to go to bed by myself that night. Oh no! See, I'm home alone, so I'm not gonna. Do no, that. don't do it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, that's you know where I'm from. I moved out to LA. I want to say like late 2018, and then I moved to Inglewood in late 2019 and so that's where i am now and you were just talking about uh right before lady d jumped on you were talking about how you work in the mental health space so outside of being a rapper and songwriter and producer and musician and all those other things you do have a a a regular a nine to five yes the the nine to five that keeps everything afloat (laughs) (laughs) 
Felt that. Um, so I work as a, a case manager and a therapist with people who are experiencing or have experienced uh, homelessness. So I basically kind of help them get housing and maintain their housing, make sure that they're linked to different resources for like their physical health, mental health, um, like job training, just different opportunities so that they can be stable in what, you know, they do. Like we had a, a whole host of challenges before the pandemic. And so now everything's kind of exacerbated in a sense. So it's, it's a lot to deal with, but we're managing as an agency the best we can, I guess. That's all you could do. Yeah, for real. Especially in these times. Um, but talk about being a songwriter and a producer and, and you learned how to mix your own records. Yeah. So I started writing things probably like high school, just kind of like in the margins of my uh, notebook, particularly in math, because I wasn't paying attention. So I needed to look like I was writing. <laughs> so I just started writing what I was feeling. And so I want to say I wrote my first like real official song probably around like three years ago. Um, I was heavily influenced by uh, my husband because he's a rapper and a musician. And so I was like, I feel like I could do that too. I feel like I could. (laughs) And so I started writing and everything just kind of, felt natural from that point on. Um, The writing has improved significantly, (laughs) but um, I definitely felt like this is something that I definitely want to do more of more often, like every day. (laughs) So how long have you been making music then? Not, not that long, like three years. Okay. I was listening to, um, the album you have out and it, it sounds really good like I was saying that the mixing sounds good and you mixed it so because we've heard it all <laughs> so I was yeah, we like, would like for our people to start sending you records then <laughs> I mean you know just, just hit me up in the email but yeah I I started mixing because I started watching YouTube videos because I'm like okay I already can't afford studio time and I can't afford to have like someone mix these records. And so uh, my husband, he had found like a video of this dude, like uh, mixing his own songs. And so he sent it to me. And then just based on that, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And that's basically what I've been doing ever since. Um, so yeah, for the most part, I mix my own songs. Um, for my last single, I actually had someone else do it because I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like it, <laughs> and I just needed to pass that on to someone else who I knew, like, could do it and could do it well. I don't blame you. Mixing is hard work. It's a magical process of making things like really sound cool and then adding on different effects. Like, okay, like, let's see what else I can do with this. So any opportunity to be creative, 
I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, because then you also did the music video for Depression <laughs> on Tour. Like the one woman show. <laughs> yes. And it's so cute and colorful. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I like to think of myself as just like a, a one-woman multimedia company <laughs> because I, I've i been wanting to do an animated music video for like one of my songs for the longest. But, you know, it's an expensive process. I now know why. <laughs> and, you know, I was just getting different quotes and it was like minimum 1400 and so I'm like, uh, okay, let, let's see what I can do about this. <laughs> and so then I just kind of, I had an idea of what I wanted the video to be about. And so I just started sketching it on my iPad. And it was like a very rudimentary sketch, <laughs> just the basics and whatnot. But yeah, I was able to finish up the sketch, which took a long time. And then I ended up redrawing it and adding in all the details. And that also took a long time. <laughs> but I was really happy with how it came out because I've never done anything like that before. Wow. That's impressive. So I think, um, let me see, on the album, Images um was one of my favorites that really got me hyped like it came on i was like oh i'm hyped for the rest of this project <laughs> and then um i like desire and then um gone did you you produce gone um i did not produce gone okay i was like well this is different than everything else i was like she over here too <laughs> so, wait so who, i was like what <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny because originally the beat for Gone, it wasn't as long as it is on the tape. So originally the song was like really short. <laughs> and then um, I was talking to uh, my manager, Michaela, because I had these two songs ready at the same time. And she was like, there's something about this one, like see if we can make it longer or something. And so I'm like, all right. And so I just combined the two songs uh, that I had written because they were basically about the same subject matter. And so it just kind of fit. And so I took the beat and I remixed it just so I can make it longer. And yeah, that's how Gone was born. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny that you say that you have a hard time describing yourself because I really do like your use of imagery in your songs. Um, like images, it just seemed like you were describing a day or like something that was happening. It, were you talking about a specific day? What was going on? <laughs> oh man, I was talking about um, a series of just events that I had witnessed within my childhood. And it could have easily been one day, just like that's just how much stuff was going on. <laughs> in the neighborhood but I just took um memories that were really pivotal for me and just decided to incorporate them and yeah a lot of people like that because they're like I can see what's going on <laughs> yeah it's just like um 
today was a good day and like people just see the whole day so it was like that 2.0 I'm like yo this is really great thank you yeah I I try I try to to paint a picture with words before we deep dive into depression on tour I want to just ask because you're you're Influences are Little Kim and the Fugees and Death Row, which I think is dope because you got both coasts going on. But your sound is so, it's such a throwback sound. It's not like everything else that's out there right now. And that's what I really appreciated about it. It made me feel like I was listening to like the golden era of rap again. And especially as a female artist, you don't see that because that's not what's in right now. But it was like really like refreshing to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I was heavily influenced by the golden the golden era, especially like 93, even though I wasn't uh, around yet. But that's, that was a great year for hip hop. Yeah, like, and that was the stuff that was played in my house. So it was like a lot of uh, Black Moon, Wu-Tang, Jeez, Souls of Mischief, just like different things. And um, there are so many different feelings that I like to capture because I'm not always like stoic and feeling revolutionary at the time, even though that's always like, it's always inside. But sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I want to feel a little bit sensual or just random. It's Talk about a time where I did psychedelics. (laughs) So, yeah, it depends. Have you ever performed live? Kind of. Not often. (laughs) My my first performance was back in, like, 2018. And it was at, like, this little pop-up event for um, a friend that I went to high school with. And so it was so awkward because every time I tried to move, the microphone would go out. <laughs> always with the sound, always. And so I was like really just trying to like get my footing in and not be so nervous. But then every time I moved, the mic would go out. So then I was just like standing there, like just rapping. Very awkward. I didn't like I didn't like it. Uh, but I was happy that. I still had the opportunity to at least perform. If I want to be doing this, I got to start somewhere. And that experience basically taught me how not to perform. <laughs> and so then my most recent one was back in November of this year. Um, it wasn't like a huge performance or anything. It was for another like podcast called Radio House. And so they had like a little segment of me performing uh, my album. So that was really cool. Is there anybody that you would like to work with? In the future, if the planets align, I would love to work with Rhapsody. Mm. I was just going to say that you guys would make a really good (laughs) track together. (laughs) Because I'm like, yeah, if I could work with her, then... That would just be amazing. Like, you would her- probably make her more digestible. I'm going to say that. Because I can listen to Rhapsody, whatever, but some people be like, all right, now. So I feel- <laughs> 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 so. But, yeah. I feel like we could make something cool. 
Who else would I want to work with? I want to work with like Kehlani because, you know, she be singing, she be rapping and stuff. So, so how is it when you work with your husband whew. on music? Do you guys, is it weird? I want to know because I'm going through something weird at home with um, music. So working together. So I want to know. Yeah, well, for us, it's not really weird. It, hmm, I mean, it can be mainly because I'm a little awkward and I don't like to have people hear me when I'm recording or anything. So if I'm like, okay, I want you on a song or if he wants me on the song, I'll be like, okay, well, I'll write it. And next time you go out, uh, <laughs> I'll be in the closet recording. Um, so that's basically how it is um, for this last part for Theater Waves. I I showed him the song. I showed him my verse. And I was like, okay, I want you on this. He was like, all right, cool. So he came back maybe like 15 minutes with a verse. So I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and he recorded it. And I'm just like, this the, the subject matter, it doesn't match <laughs> what I was even talking about. <laughs> Oh, no. Like, like, did you listen to what I said? He was like, ah, let me do it again. So he did it again. He was like, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just like, just just record it anyway. We'll we'll see what we can do. And that's basically how that was born. Because I was like, this is a, like, no, this doesn't even make sense. You just have to be really clear when we're uh, collaborating. Yeah. The other person wants. All right, I want to talk a little bit about depression on tour. Was that inspired by the work that you do? Or was that inspired by something that you were going through or a combination of both? Um, I feel like it was definitely a combination of work and life. Just everything just kind of feeling like it was crumbling, so to speak. Uh, feeling really overwhelmed. I've had depression for a long time, so it definitely felt like a tour because it's like, oh, coming around again, hitting up your city, get ready. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, here we go again. And uh, that's basically where I got the idea from. Yeah. So just like a collection of depressing experiences <laughs> inspired me to write it. But it was such a well-timed release. Like, it's so relevant right now. Like, I feel like, I, and we kind of had this conversation a little bit before we started even recording. I feel like even people that maybe haven't experienced depression um, or have never had to go through that right now are definitely experiencing something. There's just no way with everything going on that you, that you can avoid it. So I think that was a super well-timed release and that people that are feeling some kind of way can go back and listen to that and really relate to it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like with a lot of my songs, no matter when it's released, it's always going to be relevant <laughs> in some way or another. Like uh, with depression on tour, it's like people are going to be depressed always <laughs> and you know we can try our best to try to manage how we feel and whatnot but at the end of the day it's gonna be there I like to think of it as a, a relatable experience and not something 
that people should be like necessarily embarrassed about or like ashamed of. I'm not the only one, even though in the video I am, but still. All right. So where can our listeners find you? Most of my music is on Apple Music. It was on Spotify. (laughs) Oh, no, you were a victim. I was a victim. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, I and it sucks because I was just expecting uh, depression on tour to be taken down because that was the one that they told me about. But they took the EP down and I was like, wait, okay, wait, (laughs) like y'all didn't say nothing about this at all. But luckily, you can still listen to singles on there. So uh, Desire is still on Spotify, Consciousness. So yeah, they can uh, check those out. But if you go to Apple Music or other streaming platforms, you can listen to the EP. You can listen to Depression on Tour. It's just not there at the moment on uh, Spotify. Um, I'm on Instagram, too. Lovely Ocean Waters. Uh, I'm on Twitter. (laughs) I think that's under, like, Real Lovely Ocean. And I just be talking, honestly. Just (laughs) random That's what Twitter's about. (laughs) Just, like, tweeting into the void, you know? That's where I want to be found. (laughs) I like that. Want to be found. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, they can do some searches and find me, but it's where I want to be found. And is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Um, times are hard. And yeah, it's totally valid to feel like you don't feel like doing anything or you're not feeling as motivated as probably you want to. But it's just important to just check in on yourself, ask yourself, like, how am I doing today? Am I all right? Like, nah, I'm not actually. And just being okay with, you know, whatever answer you come up with. Because we're human. We can only do so much. So just have realistic expectations is what I tell myself every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good reminder. It really is. But thank you so much for meeting with us. Yeah, of course. It was great to to be here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The virtual meetup, the Zoom interview. For real. Gotta love Zoom. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Welcome back to In the Field Radio. I'm Erin Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? So did you tune into that versus battle? I did not watch it. I just stuck around for the recap. Caught the highlights? Yeah. All right. So Ashanti versus Keisha Cole, right? It's been rescheduled twice now. What? It was oh, it was already the versus battle that no one wanted to watch, right? So I tuned in for like the first five rounds and then I was just like, I can't do this anymore because Keisha Cole came in with an attitude. Came in late. And a bad habit. Over an hour late. So she actually put out an apology saying that she was upset because it was blurry in the beginning and that she didn't want to come out, that she wasn't late. She was there, but she didn't want to come out until the setup was right because she didn't like the lighting and she didn't like the blurry. Yes. 
But my whole thing is like, you didn't do a test run. Like you didn't know you had bootleg internet before that. Like what happened? Where were they I'm at? Not that. They were out there. I, I, I don't know if they were like home or if they like got a space or whatever, but like you was just scared to come out because you knew that Ashanti had a million hits and you had three. Wait, That's my so take on how it. many, I wonder how many songs did Keisha play? Because Ashanti said that they were 20 songs in at one point. Mm-hmm. She was like 20 and she was like, yeah, baby, we on time. So they did, I see I tuned out so I didn't see the end because I know they each played a new hit too. And I didn't I just I, I like Keisha's energy was so weird to me that it was making it an unenjoyable event to watch. So I cut it off. I think Ty had on the basketball game and that's what I went with. Yeah, some of the clips I saw were kind of painful for me to watch. I was like, ooh, I did not want to see the good sis going out like this. <laughs> no. No, it was not. It, but you know what? I'll tell you what. It broke all kinds of records. Like, I guess it was like the second um, most tweeted battle. Um, it had it broke the Instagram record for viewers um, for any versus battle. And it was second in overall views to Gucci Mane and Jeezy. And let's be real, people tuned into Gucci and Jeezy just to see if they killed each other. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the women really I, came out for this one. I've seen a lot I w- of and tweets. I was just going to say, that happened when they did uh, Jill Scott and Erica Badu. That was a really big battle at the time. But see, this one gave me what I wanted. Remember when we were saying, well, I know at least I was saying that Jill Scott and Erica Badu was being too nice to each other and it didn't feel badish to me. So this one, it was like Ashanti was taking shots, Keisha was was Keishaing, and it was just it was the Keishaing is a verb now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It just felt like I don't know. It just like it threw my whole energy off, and I was like, I'm not going to stick around for something that's going to affect how I feel while I'm sitting in my living room. Yeah, the secondhand embarrassment for me was was real. Ooh, ooh, I just fell for her, especially when she was like, "Remember, I told you she was like, oh, uh, Sarah ain't giving me a check." Yeah, what was that about? I didn't see that because she was doing shout outs. So then she's like, oh, shout out DJ, whoever. And then she was like, who else I got a shout out? She asking who she got a shout out. And they were like, Sarah. oh, my God. She's like, she looked around. She was like, Sarah, Sarah can't give me a check. And then Shanti was like, uh oh, they paid me. Oh, my God. Yes. I was like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Yo, Versus seemed so much more pure when it was like, people were in lockdown like during that <laughs> first lockdown and like yeah. it you know it was like taking place and people there was no sponsors it was like people on some blurry zoom like or blurry yeah. instagram live like just <laughs> going so at funny. it funny yes <laughs> now it's like like remember we all got on nelly when he had the storm and we, he was all blurry and we couldn't see <laughs> and, you know like when teddy riley showed up with a full uh you know studio set up like he was getting on stage like and we made fun of him for that and they had to reschedule like those were like poignant moments like what yeah. happened with keisha cole and ashanti just felt not okay yeah i feel like teddy riley was before his time because if he would have tried that <laughs> 
now <laughs> it probably would have worked out yo and the funny thing is is like at the time like we yo everybody like dogged him out for that <laughs> and then now that's exactly what the setup is for every versus <laughs> right there was a bag of doritos sitting up there nobody was eating the doritos nobody had no. nothing to do with the, I, I don't even know how a bag of doritos was sitting up there like that because i love doritos oh my god like, it would not be sitting behind me and me not have my hand in there but, and you know what we haven't seen we haven't seen baby face level shade since baby face <laughs> yo <laughs> He was levels of petty that I aspire to attain. Yeah. Good times. He said, I don't do remixes. <laughs> That's that, right? Nothing else we can say about verses. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Yo, why did somebody say that they wanted to do a Swiss Beats? He's talking about trying to do a Biggie and Tupac one. Oh, my God. The, and you know, the tweets went crazy. Yo, but like, they're not here. So like, I have like strong feelings about that. Like, because they're not here. So you don't know what songs that they would pick to play, right? So because they can't set their playlist. And that's like a big thing of of, like being able to pick your playlist or switch it up live. Like, you know, to, to counteract like what the other person is playing or whatever. Like, because they are not in control of that. Like, I'm not here for that. What if they had holograms? Still not here for it. I'm super not here <laughs> super for no hologram. Okay, that's not funny. I'm Ooh. less here for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was always really creepy to me, the hologram people. Yeah, like nah. <laughs> All right, well, it's been real peoples. Who we got next week? We got the cultural reset. The cultural reset. Their uh, blog subsidiary of was it colors and music or musics and color? The color, color of music. music. The color of music. There we go. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and they showcase LGBT plus people. They ask you your pronouns. They celebrate POC artists, musicians, interview them and put their music up there because they feel as if the people I just mentioned have less opportunities than everyone else. I'm just repeating what they said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, y'all could tune in next week and figure out exactly exactly what they're you can about hear it for yourselves yeah i tried to dig a little deep i just didn't want to exactly. offend anybody but you know they'll tell it for themselves so tune into that yeah for sure and then check us everywhere at in the field radio in the field radio.com info at in the field radio.com send us your feedback send us what you like what you don't like tell us who we should interview what songs we should play all that you want to shout out your socials because you got to spell them my social is in the field radio as well (laughs) that makes it easier right i'm not even shouting out mine this week either yeah i'm going i'm going on a hiatus for mine i'm only in the field right now word so yeah follow us there follow (laughs) us everywhere 
That's it. All right, y'all. It's been real in the field radio, 91.3 FM WVKR for Kipsy independent radio. We'll see you all next week. Good night.